All right. Good morning, everyone. I am just so excited to be here. Now, I typically get to speak on um, a Sunday morning, but on a much smaller stage and to much smaller people. Um, So I feel like your guys' attention span is already a lot better than what I'm used to. So this is going to be good. Um, So when Dave very graciously and very bravely asked me to speak today, I was excited because it was on Baby Dedication Sunday. I love dedication for so many reasons. One, I am lucky. I get to partner with these kiddos and these families, and I get to walk alongside them and support them in their journey and um, in their growth and their faith. And it's so exciting to see just how much these kids love Jesus and how excited they are to come learn about him on a Sunday morning. Um, Another reason why I love dedication, um, like Dave mentioned, we have my husband and I have two kiddos. Reese is our five-year-old little girl, and Finn um, is our three-year-old little boy, and they both have been dedicated here at Connect. And it's been several years, but the amount of love and guidance and grace and support that we have been given from Connect through these past couple years has just been undeniable. It has just been amazing. And my husband and I ask ourselves the same question all the time, and we seriously do. We always ask, what would we have done without Connect in our lives? And we always come up with the same answer. We have no idea. We have no idea. We have just been so blessed with this church and this community, and they have just supported us along the way, and we are so thankful for that. Um, But that's kind of what my message is about today, is that family dynamic. Um, And if you don't have kids, that's okay. I'm speaking to everyone. I'm speaking to parents, parents parents-to-be, grandparents, aunts, uncles, coaches, volunteers. And if you don't have kids in your lives at all, I'm really just speaking to individuals and their own hearts. So I want to call out the men and the dads in the room. So I feel like you guys have this protective instinct inside of you. God just wired you to protect and keep everybody safe at all times. You want to guard um, and protect your marriages, your homes, your families. Now, women, the mamas out there, we have a protective instinct as well, but kind of on a whole nother level. We protect, but we literally could take down a bear with one hand if we wanted to, to protect our kiddos. We just could. We could take down anything at any time at any, and anywhere to protect our kiddos. Now, I feel like as parents, we get applauded. We get applauded to protect our kids and keep them safe. We get applauded when we protect our kids physically. Now, I know for my husband and I, we, um, we protect our kiddos as well. We make them wear the helmets, the knee pads, the elbow pads, the mouth guards, and we send them out to go get the mail. And that is just one way that we protect our kids. Okay. We are not that crazy, but we do make them wear helmets. That is the one rule we have when they are outside riding their bikes or their scooters, they must have their helmet on. That is a rule at our house. So why is it we get applauded for protecting our kids physically? But on the flip side, what happens when we want to protect our kids morally, when we want to guard their hearts? I feel like we get a whole nother response. We get a completely different response. We get a lot of flack for it. We maybe get made fun of a little bit. 
get called overprotective, overbearing. It's okay to protect them physically, but when we want to guard their hearts and protect them morally, we get a completely different response. Our culture, our culture today, it claims that the most important things in life are power, money, success, popularity, physical attractiveness, the way we look. Kids and individuals, they have so much pressure these days, so much pressure. They have to act a certain way. They have to look a certain way. And quite frankly, they just want to feel like they belong. Even with all these apps out there, there's so many different apps out there today. Now, I love a good dog face app. I love it. Before I've had my coffee, I am all on board with that. But these filters out there, people use these filters on a daily basis, and it just gives them that false sense of image. It gives them that false sense of image, and children are hearing and seeing these important things every single day from their peers, from media, any type of media, maybe even their own parents. Now, I do enjoy watching HGTV. I like HGTV. I love a good episode of Fixer Upper. I mean, who doesn't? We all have that deep down desire to have a house built and designed by Chip and Joanna Gaines, don't we? A little bit of, yeah. So we want shiplap. Let's just say it. We all want shiplap in our house. We want shiplap. And when we get shiplap, we want to post on Instagram that we have shiplap so everybody knows we have shiplap, right? So real quick, I wanted to show you a picture of my shiplap um, that my husband just put up a couple weeks ago. That is not my house. I wish it was. I got that off Pinterest. But it is pretty. I do like shiplap. Um, But these important things in life, these important things that this culture claims, it just leads us astray. It leads us astray and it leads us away from Christ and the comfort that he provides that only he can provide. He's the one that gives us our true self-image. So what does God want for us? What does he call for us? Well, he calls and wants our hearts to be pure, So pure, what does pure mean? So the definition of pure means not mixed with any other substance. It's free from any contamination. We hear the phrase pure gold. Pure gold means it's just gold. It's not mixed with anything and nothing else is added to it. So I'm gonna be diving in, or we're gonna be diving in the book of Proverbs today. So Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon. He was the son of King David. And he actually was known to be the wisest person who ever lived. So if I am going to take advice from anybody and Solomon over here is an option, I want to hear what he has to say. I want to listen to what he has to say if he's known to be the wisest person who ever lived. So in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, he says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It means to guard your identity in Christ. Guard who you are in Christ. What it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean guard your heart from getting hurt at all cost. That's not what it means. We live in a broken and fallen world. We are gonna get our heart broken. We are gonna experience pain. God promised us that. And he will get us through that. But what I do believe this is saying, I believe it's saying guard your heart from sin at all cost. Guard your heart from sin at all cost. So Solomon, he's not gonna leave us hanging. He's not just gonna tell us what to do. He's not just gonna say, guard your heart. He then tells us how to do it. So he says in Proverbs chapter four, verse 24 through 27, he says, 
Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on that safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So he pretty much lays it out there. He said, just stay away. Stay away from the sin, the perverse talk, the corrupt speech, and focus your eyes on Jesus and stay focused on you and stay on that safe path towards him. And don't get sidetracked from all this evil around you because we all know there's those spiritual enemies. There's those spiritual enemies that want to rob us of our purity in our hearts and our homes. So in John, in John it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What that means is these spiritual enemies want to rob us of our innocence and our trust in Jesus. The sad thing is I I do feel there's a lot of homes that have been separated from God because of all these impurities we've let in and not intentionally, just because of the way of the world. And it's almost as if our hearts have been hardened. And these impurities that we've let in, again, not intentionally, they've separated us from the life that God wants for us. The life that God wants for us. We cannot have a pure heart without Christ. When Christ is in our hearts, we do right. We think right. We live right. When he's absent, we can't. We just can't do those things. So I have a question. Who likes going to the movie theater? Who likes going to see a good flick? Okay. So... Fun fact, I actually do not. I don't like going to movie theaters. Um, For those of you who know me, I am a homebody. I like staying at home, on my couch, comfortable clothes, slippers, cup of hot tea. I like watching the movie from my own environment, from my own home. I don't care if I have to wait an extra six to eight months to see a movie. I really don't need to see a movie that bad. Um, For those of you who really, really know me, I will even bring my slippers to your home so I can feel at home in your home. So that's just kind of, I like to feel comfortable. So I will go to a movie, I just don't like to. Um, So let's walk through what a movie experience looks like. So we get there, we find our theater. The first thing we need to do is we need to find our seats. So we find our seats, we sit down, one person always has to get up and get the popcorn, the soda, whatever else you didn't smuggle in. You need to go to the concession stand, and when you get to the concession stand, you spend a million dollars, and then you head back, and you find your theater, and what happens as soon as you open the door? So as soon as you open the door, it is just pitch black, It's complete darkness. You can't see anything in front of you. You can't even see your hand waving in front of you. It is total darkness. So you go through a couple um, of awkward couple seconds. Your hands are full with all the snacks. You're trying to find where you're sitting at. And you are looking through all the rows, just trying to find someone you recognize, trying to find a familiar face. So finally, after what seems like forever, you find your spots, you find where you're sitting, you sit down, you wipe the sweat off, you've made it. What happens a minute later? A minute later? Maybe. (laughs) A minute later, your eyes adjust. Your eyes adjust. And what once was complete darkness, your eyes adjust and you start to see more clearly. You can see around you the faces, the people, a clear path. You can see perfectly around you. And that's the same thing that happens in our society today. It's the same thing that happens. We live in such a dark world. And when we're used to this darkness, our eyes adjust to it. And it just becomes more normal. 
just becomes more normal. We don't even recognize that we're missing seeing the goodness of God in our lives. As parents, as guardians, as family, we just want to protect. We have that protective instinct inside us. We want to protect our homes, our kids, our marriages. Now, we would never honestly give our babies a bottle with poison in it. We would never do that. We would never give our children something that we knew would hurt them. We wouldn't do that. We, Jeff and I, we're just starting to deal with hard decisions. So our kids are young, three and five. We're just starting to deal with these hard decisions. What they get to watch on TV, what movies they get to watch, where they get to go play. Do they get to stay the night anywhere? Do they get to watch YouTube? My goodness, with all the stuff going on with kids' YouTube these days, it is just scary. We're not even at the stage of smartphones or social media pages. When our kids get to that age, it's scary to think what is gonna be available and popular. It's really scary to think about. Do we go against the grain as parents? Do we go against the grain and say no to things that just point us away from Jesus? Do we make those hard decisions? Because we want, we want God's message of love, grace, comfort. We want that to be our guide through this life. We want our homes to be blessed, but we can't have our hearts hardened. Without even knowing it, we've let all this darkness around us just come into our homes and we've lost all types of sensitivity. So how do we change this? How do we change this? So I think we need to go from, go from being a Christian family to a Christ-centered family because I believe there's a difference. Dave talked about a Christ-centered family a few weeks back, but I believe I grew up in a Christian home, a Christian family. We believed in God. We came to church when we could. We did sleep in a lot, but we came. We tried to come. Um, and we did the routine night prayer. Now I lay me down and sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. We did all that, but that's it. The pretty much that's where it stopped. We never talked about God. It would be really awkward if we did. How can we go from being a Christian family to a Christ-centered home where we pursue God on a daily basis and put him at the center of our lives and our worlds and our decisions? I think there's three ways. I think there's three ways where we can work towards that. I think there's three ways where we can guard the hearts of our children and our families. First, I think it starts with us. We need to model a godly lifestyle. It starts within. We need to get our own heart right. So again, I feel like I grew up in a do as I say, not as I do. Do as I say, not as I do family. So we were told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. But when we looked back that was not being modeled. It wasn't being modeled. So of course, we didn't do what we were told. Of course not. Why would we? Children will value what you value, not just what you tell them to value. Children will value what you value, not just what you tell them to value. So where do we start? I think we just need to dive into God's word. Just dive into God's word. Learn about Jesus. Learn about his life, his love for others how he helped others, his stories. It's like, it's like a diet. I mean, we're all on the keto diet, right? Most of us. It's like a diet. You just crave that, that goodness. You crave that nutritionist food. The more you get it, the more you want it. And you don't want any of that sugar or the bad stuff anymore. It's the same thing. When you dive into God's word, you just crave it more and more. 
Then I think we need to spend time with Christ, spend time through Christ, with Christ. And I don't mean in the physical sense. I wish we could. I wish I could just call up JC on the phone and say, hey, JC, meet me at the blend. I'll grab a booth. Let's have some coffee. Let's just chat. We all want that, don't we? That'd be so much easier. But let's be honest. We would never get a booth at the blend. We just wouldn't. <laughs> what I mean is spending time through Christ with, through prayer, that one-on-one time with Christ through prayer. That's how you start building that relationship. Through worship, on a Sunday morning, just giving it all you got and just giving it to God. And maybe just the sense of being still and feeling his presence. So we need to model a godly lifestyle and get our own heart right. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse six, it says, direct your, chi- your children onto the right path. And when they're older, they will not leave it. We're the ones that set the foundation. What are we building our foundation on? What are we building it with? We set the mark in our homes. We set the temperatures. They're just breathing it. What are we setting our temperature at? The second thing is keep lines of communication open. Keep lines of communication open. Keep talking and keep asking questions and tell them how much God loves them. I promise you, in Connect Kids, on a Sunday, we are telling them how much God loves them and how he wants to be their friends forever. We tell them that so much. I get to, I'm lucky enough, I get to take our daughter to school every day and her little bestie. Um, It is just a two-minute drive. But in that two-minute drive, we have the best conversations. We do. I learn a lot. Let's just say, I learn a lot. Um, I learn about their school. I learn about their friends. I learn about boys. I don't know why I'm hearing about boys at five years old, but I am. And I'm listening. It's hard, but I'm listening. But when we get to school and I get them out of the car and I put those huge book bags on their little bodies, I always tell them three things every morning. I say, love you guys, be kind to others, and God loves you. I always tell them that. Love you guys, be kind to others, and God loves you. We need to talk to our children about what God wants for them what he wants for their lives and have those tough and honest conversations about what God doesn't want for them, what isn't godly. The third thing is, is make faith relevant in your home. We need to make faith relevant in our home. Are we pursuing God on a daily basis? Are we trying to be that Christ-centered family? When was the last time you prayed together? When was the last time you prayed together? When Jeff and I started coming to Connect, Reese was a little baby, and we knew, we knew we wanted prayer a part of our lives. We wanted a part of who we were, and honestly, we never prayed together as a couple, Um, so we had to start somewhere, and it was awkward at first, for sure, but we started praying with Reese when she was a little, little baby. We started praying with her at night, and then it moved on, and we started praying at dinner, and then it moved on, and now we just pray. We pray when we are thankful and we give thanks to God. We pray when we are struggling and need help and we pray for others. And there is nothing cooler than watching your kids pray for others. So start praying together as a family. When was the last time you served together as a family or if ever? You know what they say, the family that serves together stays together. I don't think that's true, but I like it. Serving together, such a cool experience. 
loving like Jesus did, helping like Jesus did, and feeling that joy when you help others is the best feeling. So I think doing those three things, modeling a godly lifestyle, keeping those lines of communication open, and making faith relevant in your home, those are the things that will guard our hearts and our children's hearts. When our hearts become pure and full of Jesus, we gain such a fulfillment. We're fulfilled in who we are, what we're doing, where we're at, and who God wants us to be. Jeff and I, we actually shared our story about a year ago, and that was one of the things I was honest about and I talked about. I talked about how I have felt such a void in my heart for several years. I felt something missing, and I tried to fill that void in so many different ways. And some things would work maybe for a second, but that void came back. And I felt, I knew I was missing something. So it wasn't until I found Jesus, I accepted him in my heart, that is the one most single thing that filled that void and made me feel so fulfilled. When God's in your heart, you just experience a clear sense of direction and purpose in your life. Sin, it just clouds our vision. But when Jesus is in our hearts, he directs our path the way he intends it to be. When it comes to our hearts, what's in us, what we have filled in our hearts, that's what helps determine what comes out of us, how we speak, how we treat others, how we act, how we live our lives, and so on. Your heart is your truest you. It's truly where your identity is housed. It's your truest you. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19, it says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. As a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. We are what our heart is. We are what our heart is. So what are we filling our heart with? So in Connect Kids, this is a lot of what we're talking about this month. We're talking about how God made them, how God made them specifically special, unique. We're talking about who they are in Christ, what their identity is in Christ, and I hope and pray this information stays with them. But we have to be intentional. So I'm lucky I get to deliver the message on a Sunday, but the rest of the week, I'm just a mom who needs to be intentional in my home and with my kids. Some days, some days I feel like I rock it. I do. Some days I'm like, that was a good day. That was intentional. That was good. And other days we put our kids to bed and I don't even know what happened that day. It's a blur. It's like I blacked out. I don't even know what happened. But the good news is we get to wake up the next morning and be just as intentional. I know as a mom, as a parent, as a guardian, as a family member, we just want our kiddos to be happy. We want them to be happy. We don't want to see them hurt. We don't want to see them struggle. We don't want them to ever feel like they're not safe. And it's our job to tell them that God sees them, God hears them, God loves them, and they are safe with him. And we need to tell them their identity lies within him. They are a child of God. It doesn't lie in that Snapchat filter or the Instagram filter. Their identity lies within him. So how can we guard our hearts of our own hearts? How can we guard our hearts and the hearts of these kiddos and our family members and the people we love? Do we say no to things that just don't point them to Jesus? 
Do we switch things around and make changes where we can focus and pursue God on a daily basis? So that's my challenge. That's my challenge for us this week is to think of how we can guard our hearts and our family's hearts. Because I think one of the most rewarding things as a parent is to give our kiddos what's best for them, but then having them fix their eyes on what is good and pure, and that's Jesus. That's loving a big God. So let's guard our hearts because our hearts, that determines the course of our life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for just being here with us today. And thank you for these, the four families that we dedicated here this morning. And I just hope and pray that you just stay with them and you guide their paths and you support them along the way. Lord, we just need you to help us just fight these just spiritual enemies that just try to distract us and take us off that safe path towards you, Lord. And I just pray that you just keep guiding us and being our light through the day to day. Lord, we just need you in our lives and we can't do this without you. Lord, fill our hearts with you and only you. Lord, I just pray that you're with us today and the rest of the week and help us just, Lord, figure out how we can guard our hearts as individuals and family members. Lord, we love you so much, and I pray this in your name. Amen.